Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Wednesday, everyone. We have been talking about the gear God has given us to help us to combat the negative enemies that come into our life. And we saw that the first enemy is deceitfulness. We combat that with the belt of truth. The second enemy that comes against us is guilt. And we overcome that with the breastplate of righteousness. We saw that guilt is a good thing. But if it's left unattended in our life, it becomes a negative, destructive thing. We experience guilt when we do that which is wrong, when we break God's moral law. It's just built into us. It's a function of our spirit. It really is the pain of our spirit. Just as in the natural, we feel pain when we do damage to our physical body. So in the spiritual, we feel guilt when we do something to damage our spiritual lives. And so it's good that we feel pain. It tells us we need to take immediate action, that something needs to be done. And when we feel guilt, the same thing. We need to take immediate action in order that our guilt can be dealt with. But if we don't deal with our guilt, it becomes a destructive force in our life. It takes away our peace. It takes away our contentment. And if ignored, it begins to affect us. Because if guilt is not dealt with, it produces a hard heart. We become calloused. We begin to accept that which is wrong as right. And this is a terrible place to be. This condition is spoken about in Romans chapter 1. And Paul is writing to this church and listen to what he says. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, how do we suppress the truth? We suppress it by saying, there really isn't a God, or what I'm doing is really not wrong. So what God has said is wrong. And so they're trying to suppress the truth in order to continue in their sin. Now, listen how it goes on in verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Verse 24, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who was blessed forever. In other words, they took what God said and rejected it and said, this is old-fashioned. We don't need to obey what God says, what he wrote down in the scripture. We're wiser than that. We're past that. And they begin to worship the creature rather than the creator. Rather than acknowledging that there is a creator who has set the guidelines for our life, 
we begin to just focus upon our own lusts and our own desires and what we as creatures want. And it says in verse 26, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And then he lists the things that come out of a hard heart, one that's rejected God, rejected his laws. He says they're filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve those who practice them. Now listen, we are in danger of moving into a society where we see depicted before us on television many of these aspects. Sexual immorality, covetousness, envy, strife, violence, boasters, disobedient to parents, unforgiving, unmerciful, all these things, and they're not presented is something that's wrong, but as the normal expression of life. And that there is no right or wrong. It's just that you're trying to feel your way through life and you decide for yourself what's right and wrong. This is the society that we've come to live in. And the Bible warns us and tells us that this is because we have rejected God's law. We knew God. We realized that it was wrong. But we have decided to make our own God. In fact, I've heard people say, well, the God I serve wouldn't be against that. Well, maybe they're right. The God that they're serving isn't against it. But I tell you, the God that created heaven and earth is against it. And we see this horrendous list of evil things that are absolute. We are not to engage in these things because it says those who do these things are deserving of death. Now, When we do these things, we feel guilt. And so we try to rationalize. We try to get rid of the guilt by saying there is no God. But still, there's something deep inside of us that we know that it's wrong. And the more that we try to justify our actions, the harder our heart becomes. And we actually begin to believe a lie. This is not the way to deal with guilt. God has given us an article of gear to deal with guilt. And it's the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness overcomes guilt. Now, let's talk about this for a moment because this is really important. There's two kinds of righteousness. There is a self-righteousness and there's a righteousness that comes from God that we put on. So let's talk about the first self-righteousness. 
once you deal with this false error of saying that there is no God and you begin to accept that there's a God and that there's a righteous standard that we need to live up to, we can fall into a second trap. And that trap is trying to produce this righteousness in our own strength. We try to make ourselves acceptable before God. But listen to what the Bible says about this. Jeremiah 2 and verse 22. For though you wash yourself with lie and use much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me, says the Lord. When you try to clean yourself up and make yourself acceptable to God, this scripture says you might use a lot of soap, use some lie, but your iniquity, the mark of your sin, is still on you. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 10 tells us, There is none righteous, no, not one. No matter how hard you try to make yourself righteous and acceptable to God, you can't do it. Well then, what is all this about? God is telling us that we should live up to a certain standard and that we shouldn't reject his law, but accept it. And now as we try to live up to it, the scripture is telling us we can't do it. Well, then why did he tell us in the first place not to do it? Well, thankfully, the scripture gives us the answer to that question in Romans 7 and verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? In other words, if God is telling us to do something and yet we can't do it, then that law isn't good for me. It's sin. But he says, certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Do you see what he's saying here? He's saying the reason the law was given is that we would realize our sinful condition. We think the law was given so that we would put all of our effort forward to keep it so that we could be acceptable to God. But the Bible says we can't do that. You can't be good enough. So the reason the law was given was to show us that we were sinful and that we needed help. Galatians 3.24 sums this all up by telling us that the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ, that we would be justified by faith and not by our own works. Paul goes on and talks about the struggle that he personally had in this. And we pick this up in Romans 7 and verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil which I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, 
but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Can you identify with what Paul is saying here? He says, once I recognize that God's law is right, and I determine that I want to follow it, he said, I find that I can't do it. He says, the thing I will to do, I don't do. And the thing that I say I'm not going to do, he says, I find out that I keep doing it. He ends in verse 24 by saying, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Well, there is an answer, but I'm afraid it's going to have to wait till tomorrow because that's all the time we have for today. Join me then. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. Please join us this Sunday for one of our worship services, online at 1030 or in person at 8, 930, and 1130. Please register online as we are limited to 15% capacity. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now, but the Bible tells us to cast all our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.